Hey there. Welcome to 7th Heaven, a lesbian recap. I'm Lindsay, and I'm joined by my co-host and real-life partner, Carling. We're diving into the 90s hit drama through today's lens. Get ready for our off-the-cuff commentary and peeling back the layers of the Camden family. We'll tackle everything from family rules, life lessons, and 90s fashion. Join us every week for a light-hearted queer perspective and a trip down memory lane. Whether you're a die-hard fan or new to the show, this recap is for you. So find us anywhere you get your podcasts at 7th Heaven, a lesbian recap. You know, I just never, I never considered that that was going to be the outcome. Oh, hey, Carling. <laughs> I want to tell you Happy New Year, but no thanks. We're moving on. <laughs> <laughs> she does not want to hear it. Oh, my God. Like, you don't want me to make you a video to that sound that's like, thank you for the happiest year of my life. <laughs> no, because it'll all be pictures of me like curled up in a ball of depression. Oh, friend. Yes. I'm sorry you're having a, a tough, tough start a tough, to the week. Tough, a tough what? A, a tough turn start to the year. Thank you. Me too. I mean, wanna... it's it's getting pathetic though now. Every time it's like, how are you? I'm bad. Thank you. People are going to stop listening because I am the saddest person ever. Oh, womp womp. And tomorrow is my husband's birthday, so. Yeah. Yeah. Yay. That's yeah, that's a hard time of year. And that's like one of the reasons I think this time of year is just so crappy anyway, because you just have like all these holidays and then and then, and then to add to the crap pile, um, I have to move. Yeah. So if anybody's looking for an investment property and you want a great tenant. Yes. Yeah, send us a message. We... I'll tell you where I live. <laughs> <laughs> have we got a deal for you? Right. Well, I know you know this, but I'll say it again. Like, obviously, I'm going to help you in every way that I can. I know. I've already got a pile of boxes. I'm good at packing. I'm good at moving. Thank you. I just need, I need to, like, go somewhere for a couple days, and I need somebody to come here or, like, multiple people to come here and basically, like, throw out everything I own and then, like, don't tell me about it. And then when I move to the new house, it'll be like, oh, okay. Jana. I know Jana's going to be listening. And we gave her the nickname Ruthless because she will get rid of everything. It's so funny because I think like when I'm getting rid of stuff, I like get rid of stuff. Like I don't care either. But then I'll still look and I'm like, I still have so much stuff. Like I don't want any of this stuff. Yeah. I think part of the problem is that you have five kids. Like and so there's six humans collecting things. Yeah. They have so much crap. And then I'm like, why did I get them anything for Christmas? Like, how stupid. (laughs) (laughs) That was a bad move on my part. Well, sorry, kids. Next year, Christmas, you get nothing. You get nothing. Yeah. How are you? Uh, Yeah, I'm okay. I have a fever. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I'm trying to not have COVID. Mm Mm-hmm. And we're sort of like, Lindsay and I are sort of like every hour checking in with each other. 
on how we feel because I know so many people with COVID. And even though I purposely have not seen anybody, like we canceled on your New Year's plans, we mm-hmm. haven't, like, I haven't really left the house. We found out that one of her kids was at a friend's house and their dad got COVID. And so it, I mean, it's just spreading so fast. Everybody's getting well, it. and how contagious it is, right? Like, that's the yeah. thing is that it's so contagious. Yeah, like I, you start thinking, okay, well, I was in the store, but I was wearing a mask. That person was standing close to me, and it just... I've worked for the past three days, so I've been yeah. exposed to, like, a million people and yeah. touching all their money and crap and... Gross. Like, my throat hurts, and it's, like, one of those things where I'm like, is this in my head? Yeah, that, I also yeah. have had a headache all day, and I've been mm-hmm. exhausted, yeah. but, like, I can, I can kind of chalk it up to, like, a few different things. Firstly and foremostly, you are a widow with five kids who now has to move so but like also my body is just shutting down (laughs) (laughs) yeah i know it's but like school um break has been extended by a week and i'm so sorry Mm -hmm. Uh, there's nothing i can do about it right like my kids are staying home it'll it'll work out it's fine like whatever we'll figure it out if i don't Um, have covid i will be at your house if it goes any longer than a week, then it's going to become a problem. But yeah, whatever. I'll still figure it out because I've figured it out before. Anyway, tell me about your life. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I'm very tired and I have a tickle in my nose. I've had a headache and I've been like achy on and off for a few days. I'm just trying to assume that it's because I have a few days off and I'm trying to decompress. So we'll see. Uh, I would be getting yourself tested, my friend. No, I know. But I, I just don't. I I sound like a weirdo. I don't, not that I don't believe in the rapid tests, but every single person that I know that has COVID, they all took a rapid test at home and it all came back negative. And so they carried on with life. And then within three days, they tested again and they all had COVID. So I just feel like, A, it's hard to get a rapid test. To get a PCR test, they're booking like days out. So I guess I just have to assume I probably have it and I just need to not see anybody. What you're saying is that you don't trust the government. (laughs) It's all a conspiracy. (laughs) No, I just think with the at-home tests, you just have to be so much more sick for it to show up at the at-home tests that like... yeah. And I don't know. Anyway. Well, I am a paranoid, paranoid Patty over here, and I've tested myself <laughs> three times already. Whoa. They've and all been negative. negative. But, but I'm feeling crappy today for sure. Yeah, it's just tricky. I don't know. It's like we're only a few days into 2022 and I'm tired. Yeah, same. But I think it can only look up. I mean, in terms of how I celebrated New Year's was like my favorite thing. I just like organized Lindsay and I organized the basement a little bit and then we watched Don't Look Up and then we were asleep before midnight. That's awesome. That's perfect. Yeah. What else? <laughs> I'm excited uh, for I'm excited for this year for the podcast. Yes. Let's we're talk getting about something positive. Yeah, we're getting a ton more downloads. We're gonna have obviously 52 new episodes. It's gonna mm-hmm. be our two year anniversary anniversary why did you so, say it like that i don't know anniversary <laughs> I don't know. annie annie anniversary uh so i can't believe it two whole years almost i know that's amazing yeah look at us go and we haven't taken a break yeah 
Like a lot of podcasts will not do episodes like around Christmas, New Year's, in the Easter, summer. Yeah. We're just chugging along. I yeah, trucking away. We have no choice. No. I mean, we have a choice, but we want to grow. Well, absolutely. Yeah, and um I'm really excited that our Patreon is continuing to grow. Mm-hmm. And for those of you who do not know, well, A, if you join the Patreon, you don't have to listen to us talk about joining the Patreon. So that's <laughs> a bonus. True. But for as little as $5 a month, you get instant access to over 46, 47 episodes. Yeah, something like and that. And they're like bonus episodes that you'll never hear on the main feed. They are exclusive to the Patreon. And we try to do like giveaways and all sorts of stuff. I'm going to shout a few out we've got some carling almost getting kidnapped oh god yeah me being robbed yep carling's whole story about her ex yeah my whole dramatic uh entry and exit into marrying a man bad move we're starting my story we're on episode three mm-hmm. yeah we're gonna be recording episode four yeah there's a lot on there yeah and then we yeah we have some guests we had a guest talk about what's it called not postpartum Perry. Perry. Antipartum? Antipartum. Antipartum. Yeah. And people who've lost family members. We Mm -hmm. like just so many people have reached out and wanted to tell their story on the Patreon. And so that is where it lives. And yeah, I don't know. Just it's a it is a good time. We need to do another true crime one. Yeah. I know you love that. Because we've already solved the John Bonet, so now we gotta move on to something else. It's good times. So we're talking to another widow this week. Yes. Oh, my God. Anita from the Widow We Do Now podcast. She's so awesome and she's so funny. I know. We just, I want just to get all these widows together and I'll just be like bartender. I'll be like DJ bartender. (laughs) Like I'm not a widow, but I'll like, I'm going to host the heck of a party for all of you. Absolutely. I mean, you are a party planner. Uh, yeah, literally. Like that is what I think. So anywho. All right, guys. So check it out. Let us know what you think, and we will talk to you after the episode. All right. Bye. bye. Hello, Anita. Why, hello. How are you? You know, I'm living the dream and you. <laughs> Same, same. I was like, Michelle is living the same dream. The same dream slash nightmare. It's fine. We're fine. Oh my God. What do you do with your kids when you're recording? (laughs) I'm in my bedroom. My door is locked. They often come and pound on the door for very important things. Yeah. Such as I need an apple or, you know, somebody took my Legos. It's just, I just pray a lot. Like, please leave me alone. Please. Really, I should get Carling to edit an episode of just my kids interrupting our episodes and yeah. see what it yes. sounds like because it's yeah. every episode. And yeah. sometimes I can hear, mm-hmm. like, I'll take out, if our guest is talking, I'll take out the entire audio of us just being quiet because all you can hear is Michelle's kids screaming in the background. <laughs> yes, this sounds very familiar. Yeah. <laughs> and Mel thinks it's hilarious and I'm, like, cringing yes. and dying inside. Um, My favorite thing, favorite in quotation marks, was once we were recording and there was, like, screaming outside of the door. Like, screaming. And I opened the door and there was blood everywhere. <gasps> oh, my And God. one of my kids had cut the other one with some scissors and I had to leave to go get stitches in the middle of a recording. No! Oh, <laughs> yes. no! And we have the recording of that. 
it's I, pretty funny. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it's not authentic if it's not real life. Yeah. That's it's real so here. Crazy. It's real life here, guys. Yeah. Uh, well, we're always excited to interview another podcaster because I don't know. It's just like same, same. You know right. what we're up to. Yeah, totally. And unfortunately, you also have something in common with one of us, and that is that you're a widow. Yes. That is you're a lesbian. No, I know. It could have gone either way. I could have announced that you were a lesbian or a widow. I was going to say I'm Canadian, which is also not oh. true, but. <laughs> tell two truths and a lie <laughs> widow canadian lesbian there you go yeah, there you go <laughs> oh my god well we're excited we'll talk about your podcast at the end so people can write down where to find you but why don't we start by just interviewing just you and maybe introduce yourself tell us a bit about you and then we'll get into your story okay cool so i'm anita if you hadn't figured out who I was, I'm Anita, <laughs> the only Anita in the world. Um, I have four kids. I live just outside of Salt Lake City in Utah. So we're just directly south of you guys yeah. for a long, long ways. I was married for almost 20 years because I got married when I was, are you ready for it? Yeah. 19. Whoa. What? I know. And that can what? be a disaster, but it wasn't for us. I was wow. lucky. Yeah. I could have married a murderer and yeah. I would have not been smart enough to know. I mean, but... if I got married at 19, I'd be married to a man. I mean, I still <laughs> married a man, I guess. I still messed that up. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you're not very smart when you're 19, but I got married and we just had a really great life. My husband was the best and we had our first baby after we'd been married for seven years. So we spent a lot of time just like hanging out and going on vacations and being silly. And my parents were like, what are these people? Yeah. But, um, <laughs> yeah. And then we started having kids and they ruined our lives. And, you yeah. know, so we were like, let's have more. And then we just kept having them until we had four. But really, we just had fun every single day. And we just lived this life of joy and gratitude. We weren't rich. We weren't famous. You know, it was just like everyday grind but we loved it so yeah so stupid right that he's gone now yeah. I know I think about that all the time I'm like really like why why is this our life now you know everything I, was so weird. good yes exactly so um, my husband was a swimmer he was kind of one of those crazy people he was a marathon Oof. swimmer so he would get in lakes and swim like across the Absolutely lake not. for six, seven, ten miles. I know, I crazy, was just right? At the wave pool yesterday, and the wave came on, and I got a little panicky, and I was like <laughs> surrounded by lifeguards, and I was still like, not for me. <laughs> yes, no. He would swim, and I would, I would have to kayak next to him because you have to have a a kayak, a support kayak, and oh. so we would do it. It would take him four hours, three hours to swim across these places and like once he swam a race in the great salt lake which is way saltier than the ocean he said everything tasted like ketchup for like a week <laughs> oh my so gosh. gross guys yeah. anyway that's to say he was just a crazy person swimmer and he swam four days a week and in january of 2019 he went to the pool one night and died oh the gosh. end i mean how is that no yeah, he so we found out later that he had a heart defect that we didn't know about. And it was making his heart work a lot harder than it should have been. And he was asking a lot oh, of his heart. My. And so, I mean, I could get into the physiology of this because I'm a medical person. But it was just an arrhythmia that turned fatal. Wow. And so there was obviously no warning signs like he didn't have any sort of medical 
issues before this that he right that's crazy well the hard thing is is that in retrospect i can look back at a few incidences and say oh should have should have should have right. caught on to that which is soul crushing right to look back and to say oh if you would have picked up um, on that he would still be here trust oh. me i have that conversation with myself almost every day it's rough Oh my gosh. So you're at home with your kids and, and you get the news? Yeah. Well, so here's where it's, we're going to get even more complicated. Are you ready for it? I am ready. Yeah. So the day before he went to the pool, I had had surgery on my thyroid because I had this big thyroid nodule. So yeah. I was recovering from surgery and I actually should have gone swimming that night, not him, but he had missed his workout the day before to be with me in the hospital. So the next day he was like, hey, I'm going to I'm going to go swimming. And I was like, oh, yeah, great, because I can't go swimming anyway. I have a cut in my neck. I don't know, a surgical wound. What that yeah, sounded huh. weird. Anyway, so he left and an hour and a half later, I got a knock at the door and it was a police officer. And, you know, he said, was your husband at the pool tonight? And yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, he's so dumb. Like he probably tripped and he needs stitches. Like in hindsight, right, they right. don't come to your door to tell you your husband needs stitches, right? Yeah. But I just, I like was no in no state to drive, <laughs> but I got in the car <laughs> and I oh drove there. God. Yeah. When I got there, there was just a police officer that met me. And actually the police officer knew my husband was like, Anita, you know, it's me, officer so-and-so and took me back into a room and the doctor, you know, I just never, I never considered that that was going to be the outcome. Yeah. Wow. How old was he? He was 42. Oh my oh, gosh. Like that's so young. It's so stupid, you guys. It's yeah. so stupid. And you hear about these people who are so like healthy and fit and doing all the right things and exercising and taking care of themselves. And then something like this happens and it's like unbelievable. Yeah. There are no guarantees in life apparently, which is, no. I wish I would have upgraded to the warranty, but I missed the window, I think. Oh my gosh. And how old are your kids at this time? So my kids now are 15, 11, 8, and 5. They were 12, 8, 5, and 2 when he died. Which those numbers are like seared into my memory. 12852. Yeah. He died when? January 3rd, 2019. So we're almost to the three year oh. mark. That's my husband's birthday. No. I yeah. love it when things like this happen, you guys. Yeah. And my husband died March 12th, 2019. Oh, so you and I are close together. Yeah. Mm -hmm. close. Oh, God. And my kids were now, see, it's not seared into my brain, but I think. <laughs> They were two, four, seven, seven and nine. Mm, yeah. 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 Wow. Oh, and gosh. do you remember how you told them? <laughs> yes. It's the oh, worst experience oh. of my entire life. So we found out that night and three of my four kids were already asleep. And so I just decided to wait until the morning. And I just wanted to throw up that whole night just thinking about how I was going to talk to them and what I was going to yeah. say and just thinking about their innocence was just going to be crushed and I was the one who was going to do it so I mean just ugh, so hard and when they woke up there was a there was a house full of people so they yeah, came out and they yeah. were like what? this is fun you know <laughs> and I took them down into one of the bedrooms and I sat them down and I I said something really sad happened 
dad went swimming last night and something happened and his body died. You know, the older two kind of understood and the younger two just were like, oh, okay. You know, they don't really have a concept of the finality of death. And so there were a lot of conversations about, you know, when is he respawning? When is he coming back? You know, kind of a thing, which is like knife to the heart over and over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. My kids catch me off guard all the time, my little ones, and they'll be like, when's dad coming back? Or like, is dad ever coming back? Or, you know, things like that. And you're just like, oh God, like the older kids, you know, there's, there's some kind of peace in knowing the younger kids won't remember Mm -hmm. as much, but then it's also like, you have to keep reminding them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the older kids know more, but they'll never forget, which is another like painful thing. Right. So it's, it's just this two sided thing. That's, it's not good. (laughs) Yeah. I know. Whatever way you look at it. (laughs) There's no better. There's just, it's just different for each of them and how they grieve. Yeah. Yeah. And did you have a lot of support with you, like in town? Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> my, I mean, most of my family live fairly nearby. And I remember calling them from the hospital that night and being so mad that they wouldn't answer the phone too, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, and I remember each conversation really vividly, which each, with each person that I talked to personally, I remember their reactions. I remember their responses. And, you know, a lot of people, which, you know, you have to give them a little bit of leeway because you don't expect to get a phone call like that. But a lot of them said, are you serious? No. Are you joking? And I was like, yeah. no, <laughs> this is not a joke, you know, but most of my family came over that night. My husband's family lives nearby too. So I, we slept that, not slept, but we laid on my living room floor, three of my sisters and my little brother actually two of my sisters and my little brother all were there all night. And I just kept saying, I'm 38. I'm a widow. I'm 38. Like this is, this is not how it's supposed to be. No, you're not supposed to be a widow till you're 90. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God. And you both die together holding hands. Like that's the way it's supposed to be. I know going over a barrel on Niagara Falls. That's how you're supposed to die. But no. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, There was a plan in place and he did not follow it. No. I I know. I'm pretty mad at him. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. And did you have a lot of support at the hospital in terms of like, how did you get home? And did they, did anybody sort of give you advice on, telling your kids. One thing I was really, really thankful for is on the way to the hospital, I called my mom and I was just like, you know, I said, mom, I'm, you know, I just, a police officer just came to my door and I've got to go to the hospital. Something's wrong with Jason. And my mom is a worrier and she's full of anxiety and she's kind of a freaker outer. And she said, I'm coming to the hospital. And I was like, mom, you don't need to come to the hospital. But she did anyway. And I was so thankful that I didn't have to call her back to get her there they just showed up and I remember opening the door and I said to her Jason died and I remember the noise she made they just stuck us in this little room and then I don't know how other people kept showing up but other people kept showing up and my my parents ended up driving me home and I don't I don't know how my car got home but somebody drove it and no nobody talked to me about how to talk to my kids. The only thing is, is that my husband and I volunteered for a camp for kids with cancer for many years. And one of the things they talked to us about in our trainings for that was using correct language, right? Not Mm -hmm. saying passed away 
or passed on or, or went to sleep yes yeah. like, yes things like that yeah but using the words dead and died and you know explaining that their body didn't work anymore things like that so I kind of knew that in the back of my head and also just from you know kind of being in the medical world trying to be just really factual about it I just did the best I could and, and I think I did yeah. an okay job to be honest I'm gonna give myself a pat on the back Absolutely. I I really think that obviously experiencing it myself, you just kind of know what to say Mm. when that moment comes and you never could be prepared for it, but you know your kids and you know what to say to your kids. You know, the first thing that came out of my mouth was daddy died Mm. and it was true and it was, you know, exactly how I needed to get the information out And just like with you, like you knew what to say and you knew what your kids would understand. There's no good way to tell someone that their dad's gone. Well, and right after we had that discussion, you know, for those few, those days between the funeral and the, and his death, they thought it was great. There were people around, there was food, Um, somebody brought over a bunch of sodas and they just, I mean, they must've had like (laughs) 24 sodas in three days and they were... (laughs) They thought it was amazing. And I was like, what is wrong with them? (laughs) You know, but from their, their minds, it was a great party. And they didn't really deal with the fact that what of what it meant until after that was all done. Yeah, I every widow with kids that we've interviewed. It's so interesting. Like some of them, some of them have said, like, you know, we had this really emotional conversation about it. And then they were like, okay, do you want to watch a movie? (laughs) Like they just watching the way kids process things Mm -hmm. is it's not linear. It's just sort of like, I don't know. It's so interesting. How did you find like planning a funeral for (laughs) your husband who shouldn't be dead? It was really, I just really enjoyed it. I mean, I would love to do it again. Tips, (laughs) tricks. (laughs) You know, what's so funny is we had never talked about funeral plans or even like burial versus cremation. Mm -hmm, And, you know, when your back is against the wall, you just do kind of whatever is easiest and whatever everybody else Mm -hmm. is doing. And we chose to bury him and thinking about it now, I'm not sure I would make that same choice. Right. But I didn't have time to think about it. It, You know, that's more, that's more, I would say standard in our area. I think it is changing somewhat because like cemeteries are filling up and there's no more room in the inn. (laughs) Yeah. But the, like the funeral itself, I felt like it came together really amazingly things kind of fit together just how I wanted them to I would say under those circumstances I was really pleased with how it went and and he was a he was an English teacher he taught eighth grade English and the choir sang his his school's choir and I was like they're gonna be terrible they were amazing maybe that was my (laughs) maybe that was my grief but I thought they did such a good job and we had you know it was just it was good yeah. Wow. wow. I can't even imagine having to tell those students. Yeah. Like not you, obviously, mm-hmm. but like whoever, the principal, whatever, what a blow to those poor kids, because mm-hmm. that's for a lot of them. That also was probably the closest loss that they had. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. they had the crisis counselors come in because he was there the day before and then he's not there that day. And he was a very, very, very popular teacher because he was very yeah. fun he made learning. He called it the Mr. Coyle show every day. And I hugged so many eighth graders at <laughs> oh, <laughs> the viewing. Yeah. I mean, they just walked up and they looked like they wanted to crawl into a hole. Every single oh, one of them, God. you know, they would like 
glance over at him and then, you know, they just were horrified, but they all were there, which kind of shows that he must have meant something to them because no teenager willingly no. goes to a, a viewing. Yeah. Did you, I don't think you said, how did you guys meet? <laughs> <laughs> so we met at a church activity. The reason that I laughed like that was because my dad is kind of who engineered our meeting, not oh. thinking that he would be the reason we got married. And so I was always just like, you know, you're, you picked your son-in-law. You, you can't be mad about <laughs> it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that's always been kind of a funny, funny thing Aww. in our backstory. That's so sweet. Yeah. I don't even know how you go. Like 20 years is a long time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And yet you guys were still so young. Yeah, I know. Which I'm thankful for. And I'm also thankful, don't tell my kids this, that we had so much time before we started having kids. Yeah. So we spent a lot of time just adventuring together. Yeah. Yeah. Like you got to live a whole Mm -hmm. life together and then had kids. Right. I, I did it the complete opposite way <laughs> we got pregnant like on our wedding night oh. <laughs> but you guys dated for since high school well we like, met in high school right. yeah. yeah so and um, so what is life navigating as a 38 year old well and then the goddamn pandemic started yep yeah. that's so like anita welcome to grief we're gonna yeah. close off all services and mm-hmm. supports and mm-hmm. but wait there's more Oh, good. Okay. The week after his funeral, the surgeon who had taken out my thyroid called me and said, I need you to come to my office. And I was oh. like, okay, I know what that means. So yeah. I went into his office and he was like, so we sent that thing off and you it's cancerous. So you have oh, thyroid cancer. And I was like, okay, yeah, why not? Let's just add of that course. into the mix. And yeah, sure. if you're going to get cancer, you should get thyroid cancer, right? Like- you're mm-hmm. almost always not going to die from that. But the person. Oh, is that true? Yeah. Usually it's That's- highly treatable. Oh, my mom had bladder cancer. And I remember her saying, don't worry, this is the good kind. Like, if you're going to get <laughs> yeah. it, like, this is the one. Oh, that's good to know. Yeah. I can yeah. put that so, on my list, too. Thyroid and bladder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the person I needed to talk to, because I had some big decisions to make. I had to decide if I was going to go nuclear or if I was going to go, like, conservative. He wasn't there to talk to. And I'm just, I've just lost my husband. And I think if I make the wrong decision, my kids are going to be orphans, you know? And so it was just too much at once. And then, you know, they said, and by the way, this diagnosis is not the standard thyroid cancer. It can be a little bit trickier. So what are you going to do? That was my introduction to widowhood was that. And then it was just, I don't even know. I mean, how do you parent? I don't know how you parent four kids by yourself. Anybody? No. Anybody? No. Yeah, we're, we're yeah. still looking. <laughs> I, know, I know. That summer, the first summer after Jason had died, he was a teacher. So he was usually home during the summer. So the summers were so amazing. We did so oh. many fun things. And I was actually terrified. I was like, how am I going to be with these kids 24-7 with no break, yeah. no relief, you know, the cavalry is not coming. Yeah. Oh, man. It's like, seriously, I still feel a little bit when I think about that time leading up to that. And I started writing every night about what had happened during the day as if I had been like, I was a researcher who'd been dropped into an indigenous tribe that had never been discovered. (laughs) And I still do that today. I, I write, you know, every night I 
write down this is what we you know this is what I observed in my research of these yeah <laughs> I, kid, I call my kids the four subjects and oh that's so funny yeah it, you I kind of it's kind of how you have to do it you have to kind of laugh at the stupid stuff that's happening because it is it's ridiculous to be in this yeah. position it's horrifying I mean it's no it's not fun but it's also no. funny so because if it's not funny, you're in the floor or on the floor in a ball sobbing. Yes. Yeah. Also, I also do that too. But I just like yeah. laugh after I'm done. So it's fine. It's about balance. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And so so you're approaching summer. So now your husband died. Now you have cancer, but it's also a pandemic. And also now you're home with four kids. Oh, I know. I know. Like, what? I know. Like how I know. do you do that? I bought a lot of Legos. I think I oh, spent yeah. the GDP of a small country on Legos. <laughs> and I I mean, we, I had to throw away, not in literal terms, but so many things. I was like, school doesn't matter anymore. I can't school you, you know, because yeah. I am already just struggling to be in the same room with you and I can't have this fight too. And yeah. that was, that's really hard. My kids are so behind in school now. <laughs> And I actually Googled like famous people who are successful with a fourth grade education. <laughs> I'm like, this is where it ends for some of you. I'm so sorry, but oh my gosh, I did my best. I did my best up until fourth grade. And then yeah. I just can't yeah. do anything. I mean, a lot of it is just survival. It's just doing what you have mm -hmm. to do to get through it and hope for the best. And I do have amazing support. I have a lot of friends and family who are willing to help. But the hard thing is, is that none of them are their parent. Yes. They have their own yeah. families. They have their own responsibilities. They have their own life. And yeah. this is a side, a side piece or a side note to that they're willing to help, but it's not their, it's not their main focus or main purpose in life. And I've said that so many times that there's nobody else that's a hundred percent responsible mm -hmm. as your children than you and your partner. And when that partner's gone, there's nobody that is obligated or, you know, has to or legally has to, right. you know, take care of your children. So like if I stop showing up, you can't take me to court. No, I right. can't. I, I mean, support. I will. You, but... yeah, you would try. <laughs> I tried to take my husband to court, but they would not accept the suit. Did you guys have a big lockdown when the pandemic hit? In the very beginning... Yes. When it was kind of all new and you didn't know what was happening. And every time you sniffled, you were sure that you had caught this mysterious virus. And it was like, don't see other people. Don't see your family members. Don't, you know, you're not going to school. So there was a period where it was very locked down. Yes. And then after that, it kind of started to be a little more open. And it was like, now you're going to stay in your bubble. You know what I'm saying? And mm -hmm. um, we're still not going to school, but you can see a few more people. And and I just had my little my little group of people um, who we did who we did see. And I mean, I don't know how people make it if they're in strict lockdown. I just I don't I don't know how you do that. Yeah, I did feel like from what I saw on like Instagram and stuff of Utah, mm -hmm. it didn't seem to be too strict. Yeah. Like it seemed to be a lot of the Utah moms were like hanging out. <laughs> well, uh, we could we could get into a lot of 
a lot of I, things about how seriously people took the pandemic and you know how yeah, how some people did absolutely. not and you know I just had to keep saying like I'm doing the best I can I'm doing right. what I can to try and be a responsible citizen and also keep my kids alive absolutely so, yeah my husband died March 12th 2019 so his one year anniversary was March 12th, obviously 2020. And then we were locked down by March 13th. Yeah. Yeah. Like you and I went to Costco. Yeah. We spent the day together. Yeah. And we were like, wow, this is so crazy. And Where'd then- all the toilet paper go? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So yeah. So to go from grieving and then you have your support system to like, I'm sorry that you're alone, but you're really alone now and mm-hmm. nobody can come and help you. Like mm-hmm. I had to go on leave from my job because I had, I could have nobody come and watch my kids. Yeah. The daycare was closed. Like I was really, truly alone. Like it was, yeah. It you was and awful. I did like a two week isolation. Yeah. And then I was like, I'm coming over. Yeah. yeah. And you're being a young widow, a widowed parent is so isolating in the experience itself. And yeah. then to be actually physically isolated from people just adds, it's just an injury to the insult yeah yes absolutely what is the I don't want to say the word dumbest but (laughs) what is the least helpful advice that people have given you okay that's a good question I can tell you that the only time I've gotten mad at somebody who said something to me was at my grandmother and yeah that's awkward right (laughs) but she she was 98 at the time, so I guess I have to give her a pass. But she was like, oh, Anita, this has happened before in our family. And I was like, it has? Like, tell me. I need to know. I need to, you know, I need to know all the yeah. details. And she said, well, your uncle Jim died the same way. And I was like, Grandma, Jim was 70 years old. Oh, his oldest or his youngest kid is 40-something years old. And she was like, yeah. no, no, no. He was not that old. And I was so pissed off. Oh. I was like, this is not the same. No. Yeah, that was just, that's the only time that I got really mad because I know that most times people are trying to help, you know, they're trying to comfort you in the way that they think is right. And I, I'm yeah. guilty of doing the same thing because you don't know until you know, Yeah, you know, yeah. that's, that's really rough. And you know, the other thing I would say is that there is a desire to move people past where they are right at that point in time. So, yeah. you know, people would say to me, your kids aren't always going to be young. I was like, but they are right now. Mm-hmm. And yeah. this is my situation right now. And yeah. cool. I do understand that they will get older, but right now do they're not. time works? Yes. <laughs> And again, those people were, they were trying to be helpful. And I find myself trying to do that to, to widows who are not far as far along is, you know, it's not always going to be like this, but guess what? Mm-hmm. It is like that right now. So you have to keep that in mind that wherever they are is where they are and whatever their struggles are, that's what their struggles are. Yeah. And, and like you said, people try to uh, either relate or they try to minimize or they try to push you along mm-hmm. when that's not what you need. You need someone to be there for you where you are yes you know people think it's helpful to say it's not always going to be like this or your kids are going to get older and more helpful and soon it'll be easier and easier but today and tomorrow and the next day are still going to be excruciatingly hard and I you know you can't just put me away until Mm -hmm. it's easier you know yeah and now I look back and I'm like they really have changed you know (laughs) it's like they say the the days are short and the minutes are long whatever that that saying is yeah yeah 
I know with my kids, like as soon as you feel like you've tackled one thing <laughs> with one of them, then something else happens, right? Oh, and yeah. It's never ending. Yeah, and I feel like they take turns. They watch each other and they're oh, like, yeah. it's my day. It's my day to be <laughs> to be on one, you know? And the other ones yeah. are like, okay, I'll take tomorrow. I'll have three <laughs> days from now. Do you have any, like, get any help for your kids, like, through grief counseling or anything like that? Yeah. So, you know, when you're a new widow, if you're like me, and I think like a lot of people, you're like, okay, what do I need to do to deal with this? So you're like, yes. okay, here's my, here's my list and we're going to do therapy and we're going to do this. And then when we're done with this, it's going to be better. Right. Yeah. So right in the beginning, you have this energy and you have all this like plans and how you're going to get together and get through it as a family. So my three oldest did therapy and they did it for quite a while. And at some point in time, this is so terrible, you guys. I don't even know if you want to put this in here, but you can decide. Okay. <laughs> I love it all <laughs> Now we have to. Yeah. Well, my, the therapist that I was taking my, my two boys to called DCFS on me and that <gasps> ruined my trust. <laughs> well, no kidding. Yeah. And I, and I don't fault him because he is required to by law. I have one son who is a bit of a what will I, what would I call it? Not an exaggerator, but he makes things sound really terrible. And we had a fight and he told his therapist that I was choking him. And oh, so the therapist no. was like, I have to report this to DCFS. It was the second hardest thing in my life because the thing I thought I was doing for my kids to protect them, put them yeah. in jeopardy. So I've really struggled with that since then. And they have not gone back to therapy since that. Which yeah. I, I don't know. I, I don't know how to deal with all of that. Like my brain knows that I'm making it different than what it actually is. But I'm still like, that's not a safe place. That's how I feel. Yeah. My daughter still goes, has a great experience. Lovely. It's really helping her. And I actually think she's in a better place to be helped because she has the reasoning to be able to kind of use some of the tools. Whereas the other ones, who knows? I think it really kind of like ebbs and flows with counseling, right? Like mm -hmm. sometimes you feel like they really need it and it's really beneficial to them. And then there's other times where it's like, okay, maybe we should take a break, step back a little bit and see, see if this is goes. really working, yeah, right? absolutely. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so now your husband died, then you got cancer, then it was a pandemic, mm -hmm. then you had to homeschool your kids and then DFSF <laughs> yeah. Child Services was involved. Yes, which was, it turned out to be such a non-issue they yeah, showed up at my right. house. They talked to me about what happened and they were like, all right, thanks. Bye. You know, yeah, and I had yeah. just, I mean, I had just made it so bad in my head. And now I've talked to so many families who are like, oh yeah, they've come to my house too. Because they, they yeah. and, and this thing is that sucks is that you know that they're there for a reason and you almost yes. want them to be called because you don't want a kid who's actually being abused to be in that situation. Absolutely. So yeah. it just sucks because- you know, you know the reason they're there. I know the therapist was required by law to call, but I'm also like, I don't know what my kid's going to say. I, yeah, you know, yeah. you can't be there because he is, he dr dramatizes a lot of things. Oh no. I'd yeah. be like, I'll give you something to tell them about. <laughs> and I'll tell them that. Yeah. <laughs> and, and life is messy and being a parent is hard. You have never been pushed until you were a widowed parent uh, <laughs> in a pandemic. Yeah. Some of the things that I've said to my children in the heat of everything, mm -hmm. it's just like, oh my God, like, because you just get pushed 
to the limit. And when your partner sounds amazing and my partner was amazing and we helped each other. And when we were so overwhelmed with the kids, like we could tag the other one out. So we didn't say something we did regretted or do something Mm -hmm. we regretted. Right. And then when you don't have that person, it's like, who's going to come and tag me out? There's nobody. Yeah. You know, so so you have to put yourself in timeout before things get bad. I do a lot. Yeah. So do I. And it's so hard because, you know, I'm just like, you show me somebody who can do this better. You know, you find me the person who cannot break at times because I want to know how they do it. I mean, I'm doing the best that I can. And I think that most people will bow down to me (laughs) and say, like, I would not sign up for that. Hey, that's the name of your podcast. (laughs) (laughs) In contrast to the first question, what's been the best or most hopeful advice that you've been given? Mm, Advice? Or even just like, I don't know. I think that the most helpful, I will say the most helpful thing, and it's not really a thing. I should word this better, but doing what I ask. So I will give you a for instance. I use physical activity as my outlet. It is how I have made it through all of this. So I said to people, this is important to me. I need people to watch my kids so I can go running, which to a lot of people might seem superfluous, might seem like that's not necessary. Right. Right. They might say, well, I'll watch him for you to go to the grocery store because you need to go to the grocery store, but you don't really need to go running. And I was like, listen, I know what I need. So just do what I say I need and don't put your value judgment on what I think that I need. And people have been really great about that. But I mean, we kind of had like a little discussion about that. You might not think it's important. If I say, you know, I need to go get a pedicure, you might think that's not really necessary. It is. Like, just, just do it. So that's what I would say, you know, whatever the person thinks that they need, do, do what they think that they need and don't put your own, like I said, value judgment on whether or not that's necessary. Yeah. Yeah. Because hopefully they're not in a, in a place where they're going to have to figure out how they would manage something like this. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I felt the same way after my husband died. Like I wanted my room to be like a safe place, like a cozy, clean, safe, nice place for me to like kind of escape. A sanctuary. Right. Yeah. And it's definitely not like that now, but like there are certain things that I wanted in my room that I could, you know, just like cozy blankets and just nice things that I can go in there and feel like, okay, as chaotic as everything is around me out there, you know, sometimes I can just retreat to my room and, and be calm for a little bit. I mean, clearly, right? Like, seriously, right now, my room is full of laundry, but like, <laughs> mine too. Sometimes, sometimes it's peaceful. <laughs> it's so eerie how similar both of your stories are. Yeah. And I hate that for both of you. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> it's just something as like a widow, you just you understand the other person in a way that no one else understands them. You are experiencing day to day the same things. And even though our worlds, our lives can be completely different, like we are tied together by this like terrible thing. Yeah. But we've all had to tell people that our husbands have died. We've all had to make those phone calls. We've all had to call, you know, credit card companies or have unpleasant conversations with people. I wanted to cancel my husband's cell phone plan. Not because I wanted to, but because he died. Right. And they still charged me for, and that's like, and I I think all of us widows have 
had a conversation like that or gone through something like that where it's like, are you kidding me? You know what I mean? But yes. like, we've all been through that. I remember when you had, we went through the Wendy's drive through Yes. And the lady at the window used to work with your husband, yes. with Anthony. <gasps> oh. And she was like, oh my God, like, how's Anthony? Yeah. Da, 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 da. And like, right there in the moment, you just wanted your spicy chicken. With yeah. Your t- with no tomato, I know how you like it. And I was on my lunch break, and I'm like, now I have to tell someone that my husband's dead. Like, yeah. I do not want to do this right Did now. Did you have to say it through the little, like, speaker box? And no. They're like, <laughs> Anthony, and you're like, he died. <laughs> he what? <laughs> you want fries? Yeah, Frosty, what? He died. Large fries? <laughs> Oh, no, it's just like one of those things. Or I got a phone call a couple months ago from my husband's credit card saying, asking me if I wanted to like add insurance or mm-hmm, ask. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, I, well, that would have been helpful um, maybe two years ago, but yeah. no, I'm good. Thanks. Yeah, for sure. And I find that widows, even, you know, there's a lot of, we have similar stories in that it was a sudden and an unexpected and an unexpected death, but yeah. even widows who have a cancer or a long-term mm-hmm. Yeah. Death. There's still a lot of things that are similar. And there's a lot of things, you know, people grieve very, very differently. But I find it so interesting how there's an immediate kinship. I know you, you're you're one of us, and I got you. Yeah, absolutely. Are you thinking about dating or anything like that? Nope. No, I'm right there with you. Yeah, I I don't understand it. I know it can happen. I just I don't know. And and some of it's like, who's signing up for this too? Absolutely. I have four kids. I'm still in love with a dead man. Yeah. Welcome to my crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Come. I mean, that could be your profile right there. That was really catching. I would swipe right for that for sure. (laughs) Welcome to my shit show. No, but it's so true. It's like, yeah, who's signing up for this mess? Yeah. And where's my time to devote to another person? Um, You know, it's not, I don't have enough time to deal with myself and my mm-hmm. children. There's, you know. Guys, I don't mean to quote um, Cody Brown from My Sister oh, Wives. gross. But <laughs> love should be divided, not, no, love should be multiplied, not divided. Gross. I don't so think that. Yeah, I'm not that taking guy. advice from him either. <laughs> Even though I'm in Utah, I cannot take his advice. <laughs> we were joking that it would have been uh, a lot easier though if my husband was a polygamist mm-hmm. and then he died because I would have a lot less work than I do now. I know. It wouldn't just be me. <laughs> I have yeah. actually discussed this with people how the sister wife thing would be kind of cool, like without yeah. the husband part, right? Oh, for sure. Like more yeah. like a commune where you take Absolutely. care of this, I take care of that. So, you know, yeah. it could still I mean, happen. You two, we could start like a, not a dating site, but like a matchmaking for widows with children, like women <laughs> widows with children. Wives. And we'll call it Seeking, oh, there's a show called Seeking Sister Wives. There you go. But really? we'd be like, the, the husband's already dead. Yes. We yes. just want to bring in yeah. more women to help. Yes. <laughs> Listen, patent pending. This might be uh, <laughs> trademark that. Yeah. <laughs> no. And for me, it's like no judgment on anyone who's dating after losing a spouse because, you yeah. know, you do you. And yeah. I'm happy for anyone who can do that. But I just joke that like my next spouse will be wheeled up next to me when I'm 80 <laughs> at the retirement home. And I'll look at him and be like, okay. yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm with you. I, you know, yeah. I, there's no judgment on 
people who find their their chapter two or whatever you want to call yeah. it yeah. Uh, because it's lonely and it is hard and it you is. do miss that person who's your cheerleader and your champion and the person that you get to have the little you know inside jokes with and yes. you get to roll your eyes at when you know there's so many times that I just want to be like did you hear what that person said you yeah. know <laughs> did you see what yeah. my sister said to me or your sister or, you know whatever yeah and you don't yeah. you don't have that yeah, it's hard. So how did the podcast come about? <laughs> okay. Okay. So, so the podcast is called Widow We Do Now. Correct. Which is so clever. I love it. Yes, we are clever, I guess. Um, <laughs> so my podcast partner and I, we call each other Widow Wives. And that came about as we were becoming friends. But uh, we grew up seven houses apart from each other, but did not know each other. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. Until her husband died about a year and a half before mine did. And we connected over that because, you know, when you're a widow, people say, oh, here's another widow. And then whatever. I actually read a blog post that she had written. Somebody sent it to me. And then I was like, hey, I know this name. This person just grew up the street from me. And we started texting. And then it just kind of went on from there. And we found that we had kind of a similar dark humor and just way of looking at things. I don't know if you felt this. I, I'm going to guess yes, because you're also doing a podcast. But you, there's just this feeling of what do I do with this? Yes. You know, how do I how do I make this into something? How do I use this? And landed on the idea of a podcast. Mel wanted to do it. And at first I was like, there is no way. Like, I am not even treading water right now. Like, my nose and mouth are under the water. Yeah. But... Um, it kind of kept coming back. And then my sister was like, you really should do a podcast. And I was like, that's so funny. Cause that's what Mel said too. And so I was like, okay, let's do it. <laughs> so we started at not knowing what it was going to be, you know, it was just kind of an experiment and it's turned into this amazing thing. We've got a huge group of widows that we have been able to interact with. And it's definitely much bigger and broader than I think we ever imagined that it would be. That's amazing. Yeah. It's so crazy how connected you get to people doing something like this and how things just kind of open up for you. Like when mm -hmm. you put yourself out there and put your story out there. Yeah. And there's even something so therapeutic. Like my, I was talking to my therapist who I love and <laughs> I was talking about this, like, you know, kind of traumatic thing that happened and, you know, and then I was like, yeah, but you know, I feel okay. And she was like, well, what did you do? And I was like, well, I made a podcast about it. Yeah. <laughs> and she was like, oh, and we kind of discovered that yeah. like podcasting, I can't journal. I'm not good at like just sitting down and opening up and sharing my feelings. And I'm not good at, I'm not going to draw it out. I'm not going to meditate, mm -hmm. but put a microphone in front of my face and give me somebody to talk to about it. Yeah. You know, have a conversation about it. It's been really cathartic. And Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You put it out into the ether and you don't see the people who you're talking to, you know, yeah. like they're just imaginary kind of, you're like, I don't know, maybe somebody will listen to this. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. yeah. I mean, trauma bonds. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it's like your guys, you only interview people who are widowed. Yeah, we do. Um, we interview mostly widows, but then we also will do like interview professionals who have something to share with the widowed community. Right. So, you know, therapists, we interviewed a medium, you know, just things like that, that right. would be helpful to the widowed community. That's well, awesome. And you interviewed us and we kind of did a unique episode about how, yeah. even though Michelle doesn't remember it. 
Remember, <laughs> you, you, you guys interviewed us, and then Michelle only sent photos of herself. <laughs> yep. And then I, and she was like, "You were in it," and I was like, "Yeah, I was fifty percent of that interview." Oh okay, there's I mean, this thing. Widow for you. It's widow brain, and it's for yeah, widow, brain. and it's not a joke, and it's really frustrating for the widow yeah, and everybody like, around them. Second, you, Okay. All right. I I remember that. That's and then he like so smiley sent some photos of both of us. Um, oh what is the gosh. best place for people to find your information, your podcast, your social media? So it's all just widow we do now. And we're on all of the podcast platforms. We have a website, widowwedonow.com. We sell amazing t-shirts on there, you guys. They're like, there are snarky grief shirts and they say things like, be nice. My husband is dead and just things. I love that. I need one. Go, go look. There's, there's some really, there's some really fun ones. Um, And (laughs) then Instagram is just widow. We do now. It's just all widow. We do now. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. 24 seven. You guys are great. And we're going to be interviewing your co-host in the new year. Yes, yes, yes. So yeah, I mix it. Well, it's weird to say I'm excited to also hear her story, but like, you know. Yes, I totally get it. We say that all the time. Yeah. It's like, it's so good to connect with you. And I'm sorry that we needed to because it means you are also Absolutely. traumatized. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much for carving out some time. I know like you guys are so busy and you've got four kids locked out of the room doing something. <laughs> hopefully not bleeding. Yeah. Hopefully not bleeding. I think I would hear that if they were bleeding. So yeah. 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 <laughs> Enjoy the rest of your night, and we look forward to connecting soon. Thank you so much for having me. You guys are the best. Oh, oh you're, you're the, the best. best. You're the best. <laughs> We've like already made plans. We need to load up a little bus and drive out to Utah <laughs> uh, because we interviewed um, this lovely family, Katie and Steph, that we want to visit. Yeah. And we'll stop and visit you guys. And I feel like, I don't know, will we hit California on our way? Sure. Could we go down that way? Yeah, totally. Arizona, California. Let's do it. All right. Las Vegas? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll see you in a few minutes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. Have a good night. You too. Thank you guys. Bye. 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 Hey, Michelle. Hey, Carling. Holy smokes, Anita. Thank you so much. She's amazing. It's hard to believe that like you can talk to a widow about something so sad, but like we still, or any of our stories, and we still find a way to like laugh and have light moments. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I just really like that. I do too. It's yeah. If you don't laugh, you'll cry, right? So yeah. And it's important to do both. Is it? (laughs) I was saying that to my acupuncturist today. I was like, I am so physically exhausted because I am so emotionally stunted. Yeah. I swear my body is like working overtime. So I won't break down and cry every two seconds. Like I, I don't cry. I can't cry. And like, what if I there was swear... a pill that I could give you that would, like, help you release it all? I was t- saying that to her. I was like, I just need to cry once a day, and I would probably feel better. Like a little faucet. But I can't. I can't do it. Well, I feel like challenge accepted. All right. <laughs> well, I'm going to remind you every episode until you do it that you need to make an appointment with your therapist. When's your next therapy appointment, Carling? I actually have two booked. Okay. Well, what? I'm going to come to them. <laughs> Uh, yeah come (laughs) anyway i we we didn't say in our intro is happy new year's everybody no you're not feeling it that's not that's not something that resonates this is another thing that i was talking to my acupuncturist about is that 
New Year should be in like September because September to me and I think a lot of people feels like a new like back in your routine and mm. summer is over and like you know and I was saying this because I saw this woman running today and I was like I'm assuming that was her resolution was to start running but like how much right. better would it be if you could start running like your New Year's was in like the summer so that you could run in the right. summer and actually like enjoy it well two things I want to say first one how do you know she wasn't actually being chased by a murderer and did you offer her assistance no that was my bad that was my yeah. bad so she's sure. probably dead now good okay great, great. put that <laughs> on my conscience <laughs> And then the second one is I used to work with a girl who um, didn't do New Year's resolutions like on New Year's, but instead she waited till her birthday. And so she chose. So like on her birthday, she would sort of set the intention of what does she want to accomplish in this next year of her life? I like that. Do you know what I hate? Tell me. Is when people and we've talked about this before is when people pick a word. Oh my God. <laughs> Tia it. just called me out on Instagram because she posted um, Tia from Tia Bell Unscripted posted like, you know, take a screenshot during this video and what word pops up. And then I, it, mine was homecoming or something like that. And I was oh. like, oh, that's so funny because like I've never in my life felt more home than I do in my whole life. Like, oh, I just, oh, barf. I know. Mom, mom, barf. <laughs> and then she was like, does this change your mind on on mm-hmm. setting words and I was like "Ooh, dang like you oh, caught damn me. it <laughs> <laughs> no words we don't like words yeah well if I had a word for you this year it's just therapy survival survive no you've been surviving now you need to thrive ew I don't know I know sorry that but yeah, I feel like no. I'm part of LuLaRoe yeah <laughs> <laughs> Okay, maybe you need to join an MLM. Hey, now it's time for me to start my side my side hustle, apparently. Yeah, I'm gonna, yeah. I'm hashtag gonna... boss babe. Absolutely, let's do it. Okay, well, I hope everybody has a happy new year, even if Michelle doesn't. And... I hope that everybody has a happy new year. I'm just saying I am bitter and jaded, and I'm yeah. having a terrible new year so far. But it can only go up from here. It can only go up. You're not alone. You got some people that were all going to help you. Maybe we do need to show, give out your address to people and they could just show up because I bet there's yeah. listeners that would help. I, I agree. Let's do I it. see no risk in this. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> all right, everyone, listen close. My address is. Da-da-da-da-da. All right. I hope everybody has a good new year. This is the first week of 2022. Everybody should follow us on Instagram, Patreon, Facebook, TikTok at I did not sign up for this. Yeah, check out our Patreon. It's a great way to support us. It's a great way to get extra content. And if you have listened to all of our episodes and you just need more right now, go get yourself over 40 new episodes. Absolutely. That's amazing. I love that. Yeah. I love that for you. I love that journey for all yeah. of you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Have a good day, everyone. All right. Bye. Bye.